Hey, what's up? It's Gustavo Ariano, and today we head back to the border, this time in South Texas. My colleague Molly Hennessy Fisk takes it from here. You brought your uh, ID with you, correct, Molly? Yes, sir. Okay, cool, because you'll need that to get back across uh, the border. So we're going to take you into Mexico, and we're going to interview cartel and uh, coyotes. I'm totally joking. <laughs> you know, I'm up well, for felt, anything. I felt the oxygen go out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. So this is Samuel Hall. He is the founder of a militia called Patriots for America. Six, Bravo, six, 45, just gonna go. I followed Sam and the militia a few weeks ago. We were at the U.S.-Mexico border, right next to the Rio Grande River, where the cities of Eagle Pass, Texas, and Piedras Negras, Mexico, meet. Yes, ma'am. We're right in Eagle Pass. Eagle Pass is a rural area, mostly populated by ranchers. It's sandy here along the banks of the river. Sam calls the silt border glitter because it gets on everything. Scattered across the landscape are remnants of the many migrants who pass through after crossing the river illegally. There's a lot of clothing and like detritus of shoes and... No, this is just all, this is Biden outerwear. Biden outerwear, yeah. Is this stuff even fresh, though? Is this, yeah, it's gotta be, right? We saw backpacks, baby shoes, kids' clothes, all sorts of possessions that were cast off by thousands of people just along the track at the edge of the river. Migrants cross here from Mexico. Some originally come from Central America, Africa, all different parts of the world. What a lot of them have in common is that many fled violence or poverty in hopes of joining friends or relatives who are already in the U.S. and building better lives. Some get stopped at the border, but Sam says too many are still managing to cross illegally and evade authorities. Well, Molly, you've seen the containers. You can drive a semi-truck through the gaps in those things, right? And the containers only stretch for how long? Look at the razor wire. Look at, look at fence. It's about eight foot tall, chain link fence. You know, anybody with a pair of wire cutters can, can get right through. And even the locals that uh, live in what they call the demilitarized zone between the fence and the river, even they think it's a joke. And we've interviewed them. It's not stopping anything, nothing. I'm Molly Hennessy Fisk, Houston Bureau Chief for the Los Angeles Times. You're listening to the Times Daily News from the LA Times. It's Thursday, June 2nd, 2022. Today, how this new militia patrols the border, stops migrants, questions children, and calls it faith-based ministry work, while civil rights groups say they're just another racist group of extremists. Patriots for America is a conservative Christian militia. Volunteers join it with the goal of trying to stop human trafficking and drug cartels on the border. Militia members patrol the river at various times a day. They scramble down the banks and follow migrant trails through the 10-foot-tall Carrizo cane, which is this really thick growth. It's sort of like bamboo. Hey, Captain. Concerned about security, they use law enforcement jargon when they're communicating. They have these radios they use to communicate with each other, and they say things like, do you copy and use code names, including 45, which is a reference to President Trump, who was the 45th president. They refer to National Guard as NG, Border Patrol as BP, 
and immigrants yeah. who crossed the border illegally as IAs uh, or illegal aliens. Tonight's going to be a, a typical patrol night, right? I mean, we're, you'll, you'll be seeing a border patrol out there. You'll be seeing National Guard out there. You'll see how we work with them. It could be a super busy night. It could be a, a, a light night. But I think we've only been to Eagle Pass one night where we didn't see a crossing. Other than that, we're coming across groups anywhere from four or five up to 30 or 40. Patriots for America isn't the only or the first volunteer militia to patrol the U.S.-Mexico border. The Minutemen patrolled the border in Arizona and in Texas back in 2005. Sam's group, though, is based in North Texas, and volunteers come mostly from different parts of Texas, but also from as far away as Illinois, Florida, Michigan, to help with these border patrols. And what do you guys do? Like, how would you describe what you're doing on a, like, day-to-day basis? Oh man, well, it depends on the day. Uh, you're gonna get a, a taste of that tonight. We are helping in protecting and securing our southern border, working alongside uh, National Guard and Border Patrol, Department of Public Safety and County to uh, help combat this crisis that we have on our southern border. What do you guys usually do when they come seen them coming across? Well, we first make sure they're not dangerous, that they don't have any intent to hurt us. Some of those, if they're walking right up and surrendering, these are 99.9% asylum seekers. But what you got to be kind of weary of is they got the one that did not come from an asylum country. He came from Mexico. Well, if you come from Mexico, you get deported. You don't get asylum. But he came across just to whistle. As he's coming across, he's whistling at the National Guard to get their attention. And so that's that 1%, I guess you could say, that you know we don't know why he came across to do that. It's our speculation that he was a distraction for coyotes to smuggle drugs at a very similar or other location to tie up National Guard with him. So that while they're busy processing him, others can cross with illegal drugs or humans or whatever they're smuggling. So then you figure out that they're not like dangerous or something. So then what happens? Well, we care for them. A lot of these people are dehydrated. They haven't had water, they haven't had food. Some of them need medical care. So we make sure we tend to that while National Guard and Border Patrol process them. Sam Hall is 40 years old. He's a father of five who attended Bible college and volunteered as a missionary in Africa and the Caribbean. He worked in finance and as a car salesman before founding Patriots for America. He says he did it to help protect conservative protesters in 2015. And the group has patrolled at Black Lives Matter protests, including when North Texas lawmakers considered removing a Confederate statue. But Sam insists the militia isn't racist. So Sam told me the militia doesn't oppose the U.S. government. He says that while he does believe Trump won the 2020 election, he opposed the January 6th insurrection and even deployed with the militia afterward to protect the Texas Capitol. He said he doesn't believe QAnon conspiracy theories, but he does believe a related theory, Pizzagate, which involves child sex trafficking. 
Sam says there are two sides to running a militia, admin and operational. So the administrative stuff is the meetings with the officials, the mayors, the sheriffs, and other relationship building that he does in South Texas, plus coordinating volunteers, updating social media, and keeping the militia he's built connected and informed. And then there's the operational side, which is uh, both day ops, night ops, recon ops, and that is specifically engineered to work with Border Patrol to, to help secure our border. The Texas state government is working to secure uh, the border here, too. They call it Operation Lone Star. Texas Governor Greg Abbott has deployed more than 10,000 state law enforcement and National Guard troops to the border. Those shipping containers and the eight-foot chain-link border fence that Sam was complaining about earlier, those are part of Operation Lone Star. But Sam doesn't think the state of Texas or the federal government are doing nearly enough to keep people from crossing the border. That's why he says he's out here. And have you seen from your time here, is, are there times of day that are busier or it's just like random? It's random. Seems like uh, early mornings, they recently caught a group of, uh, I think it was 100 and 126. And that was like, well, it was still dark outside. It was probably 7, 7.30 maybe. It was right before the sun came up. And it was 136? 26. 126. And that's right where we're going. Some days, the militia's patrolling until really early in the morning, like 3 a.m. They're busy scanning the opposite bank of the Rio Grande, where they often see smugglers' flashlights alongside all the glimmers of the fireflies. We're seeing lightning bugs. You can hear night animals, it's really quiet. And occasionally we hear voices. Yeah. Did you hear something? More after the break. So we're walking through the brush along the Rio Grande River. There's a group who they believe just crossed from the Mexico side. And you can see members of the militia are ahead of me in the cane, picking their way through. It's really thick. It has the consistency of bamboo. Yeah, you can see clothing and life jackets discarded here along the banks, and there's the river. Treacherous to get closer. Right across there, this is where it starts getting way deep. You'll see them start crossing, but it's going to be a little bit further down. You can smell the river. Oh, yeah. Just touch it. It's really high. Down. Can you guys see people? They were just right here. I think they got swept down. No, they are across from us. Are they on a raft? Hey, Mr. Pico, are you there? 
So one of the nights that I was out with Sam and the militia, we eventually did come across a big group of people who had just crossed the Rio Grande. Getting close. They're going that way, for sure. So they're going down around. <clears throat> they're going that way so the current can take them about right here, Captain. They're not okay. going to swim straight across. Yep, you're right. We just gotta make sure that uh, since they're on our side, if there's kids with them, make sure these kids are safe first. Always make sure the kids are safe first. You can hear voices over on the other side on this island. The migrants had already been stopped by Border Patrol agents, constables, and National Guard troops. 29 people. Yeah. Wow. Hi. Hello. Hello. Nice when did they uh, come across? Oh, like, uh, 40 minutes ago? 40 minutes? Yeah. Huh? We heard it on the radio and oh, it just ran down there. Or now. Where, yeah. where did they come through? Right it was right there. I was like, I got right off, right off the other side yeah. out. The various law enforcement officials who were there that night were not phased at all to see a half dozen armed figures emerge from the shadows, even though some of them were toting AR-15 style rifles. They even allowed members of the militia to question the migrants. Where did they find the, the kids if they're not with their parents? Sam approached the migrants wearing a tactical vest, body camera, earpiece, and handgun strapped to his waist. He noticed a five-year-old girl in a blue Batman sweatshirt and asked if she had a uh, mom or dad with her. The girl just sort of stared at him with her big brown eyes. Sam then sat down beside her so he could find out why or how the girl and her sister joined the group of migrants. A migrant woman holding one of the girls told him in Spanish that they had joined the group in Piedras Negras, the city on the Mexican bank. The Nicaraguan woman told me the girl was Honduran and that she and her 12-year-old sister had traveled to the border without adults then joined the rest of the migrants at a smuggler's house before crossing the river. She said the girls were headed to join their grandparents in Los Angeles. I explained that to Sam, and Sam was trying to find out if the girls were being smuggled or trafficked. But he doesn't speak much Spanish, so he didn't understand much of what the, the woman was saying. After we talked to the girls, Sam and another member of the group who was patrolling with him, who did speak Spanish, took the girls aside and question them a little bit. What do you think after something like that happens? Is it is it kind of daunting just trying to make a difference here? <laughs> yeah, to say the least. I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but it's daunting is kind of an understatement. Later, back in the car, I asked Sam about what he took away from his interactions with the girls. In way more ways than this. I mean, it's the admins, the law enforcements, the, the ups, the downs, the partnerships that you make, that get broken, that you make again, that get broken again. I guess the most daunting for me personally is, uh, is the kids. Patriots for America first started their border patrols back in October. Since then, they've been going out, patrolling the border, then posting photos and videos of their interactions with the migrants in hopes of attracting more volunteers to join the militia. 
Most of the current volunteers are Texans, a mix of former firefighters, oil field workers, and retired businessmen. Sam said he vets prospective members, including criminal background checks, and has rejected volunteers with criminal records. The militia claims about 1,800 supporters nationwide. At least that's how many Facebook followers they had before their page got taken down last summer. But Sam cited security concerns and wouldn't tell me exactly how many members patrol the border monthly. He explained to me how exactly his militia walks the very fine line between legal and illegal behavior when it comes to the actions of these volunteer militias. Hey, uh, Molly? Yep. So we have to word everything as questions, right? We can't order illegals to do anything. We have to request, like, you know, can you you please sit down? Uh, Can you please follow me? Uh, Can I put your bag over here, right? Uh, Even saying, siéntate por favor, you know, sit down please is is still maybe considered a command, right? Depending on who you ask. Some of the things we say is, number one, it, you know, do they have any weapons? It, you know, is it, does anybody uh, have any pistols or knives or anything like that, right? You know, we want to make sure that nobody has weapons. The next thing we say is, uh, is uh, does anybody need medical help? You know, a lot of these people are dehydrated coming over. A lot of them are in uh, a serious emotional uh, moment, and so we comfort them and uh, we let them know that we're not there to hurt them. We're, we're there to help. We're a militia, but we're also a ministry. I mean, this is a frontline ministry work. So if the militia commands migrants to do things instead of asking them, they run the risk of being accused by human rights groups of illegally detaining people or impersonating law enforcement. But even if they stick to asking questions, it can be hard for both the militia members and the migrants to understand one another because of the language barrier. What's the, you know, will you please sit down in Spanish? Siéntate, por favor. Quieres sentar? Quieres sentar? That's what it is. Okay, okay. Thank you, ma'am. But so you were saying you have to phrase things as a question because... We can't... Because you guys are not law enforcement. Correct. We cannot illegally detain people. But if we ask them and they comply, okay. Now we're on the legal side of things. The American Civil Liberties Union of Texas maintains that Patriots for America is a racist group that has been patrolling without adequate training, detaining, questioning, and intimidating migrants who often assume that they're law enforcement. In two recent complaints, the ACLU of Texas called on the Justice Department to investigate the militia. They haven't responded yet. What do you say to people who say, well, leave it to law enforcement, it should just be law enforcement? I would say that they don't have a single clue what's going down on here. They don't have enough resources. Their bandwidth is spread super thin. And so there's really not an organization down here at the moment that isn't welcomed us as far as law enforcement. They are glad when we show up. They're happy when we show up. Uh, They're glad we're there to help. I think there's some people who would say, well, then why do you need to be armed? Because wouldn't the guns kind of scare people, scare the migrants? You know, we we have to be armed because there's wisdom and discernment. And uh, although there's uh, families and a lot of people that are just seeking a better life coming across that border, there's also a lot of nefarious 
bad people, uh, cartel, coyotes, drug smugglers, human traffickers coming across. It would be unwise and uh, really irresponsible not to be armed uh, in such a, a situation as this where it can get very dangerous very quickly. like you're able to make a difference because I think a lot of people like they wish they could come to the border and actually do something but then you get here and it's like there's a lot that's still unknown right and you know you'll never know everything right you just got to make the difference that you can make with what you have amen to that the militia initially faced some resistance from state troopers and local lawmakers but Sam has been busy building relationships and has actually made a lot of inroads with those people. Now we're operating in three different counties, Valverde, Kenny, and Maverick County. And we're looking to expand into Uvalde County. We're meeting with the mayor this week to figure out what that looks like. That's right, Uvalde County, where the Robb Elementary School shooting just happened. We go to Uvalde to talk to the mayor after a quick break. Thank you for taking the, uh, our, our, our meeting. Uh, I guess the purpose today is to kind of brainstorm of what it looks like. We have 1,800 members in Texas. We have a, a small Missouri chapter and uh, our Chicago chapter, and uh, we're opening up in Arizona. But here's. At that 1,800 members, are, these are moms and dads, and you know, there's probably 150, you know, operators, yeah. you know, that can suit up, you know, that are high IQ situational awareness people that know the situation, that don't have any ill will to hurt anybody unless they, you know, life is threatened. So Sam has spent a lot of time in meetings like these. It's how he's won support for Patriots for America in three border counties, and Uvalde would be the fourth. One by one, he's been forging unofficial agreements with politicians and law enforcement. Now Sam wants support from the mayor of Uvalde, that's the county seat of Uvalde County, Mayor Don McLaughlin. McLaughlin's office at his pipe shipping business had deer heads mounted on the wall beside a portrait of Republican past presidents, including Trump. The TV was tuned to a Fox News report on Biden's border crisis. The mayor says he's a nonpartisan official, but he leans Republican, is how he put it. And at first, he was skeptical of the militia. He actually gets a couple calls a month from militias wanting to come to town and so far has refused them all because of security concerns. Still, he chewed his tobacco and listened as Sam made his pitch. So we're a faith-based organization, right? Sure. Uh, I don't know if you did any research on us. Or... I haven't. I, okay. I have been running nonstop. I was in Houston all day yesterday. And... It didn't take long for the mayor to sound like he was on Sam's side. He's worried about a wave of migrants he suspects are coming as soon as Title 42 has ended. Title 42 is a pandemic rule that allows for a quick expulsion of asylum seekers of migrants back to Mexico. And lifting it is something that the Biden administration initially said they would do last month, but they've faced legal challenges. There's anywhere from three to 500,000 uh, migrants sitting on the other side of the border just waiting for Title 42 to go away. And when it does, uh, you know, they're going to hit 18 to 20,000 a day on these port of entries and coming across the border. Well, first of all, we can't handle 5,000 a day. That's been proven. Yeah. So it's just, it's, it's frustrating. 
Oh, very frustrating. But I think the, yeah, to say the least, uh, I think the thing that's made us probably the most successful, you know, for, for what we've done and the build, the, the bridges that we've built with the communities and, and with the sheriffs and, and judges, and et cetera, even DPS now is, is on our side. And how can we help you and your county, especially with Title 42 coming down the pipe, and that's going to be lifted? We all know what's going to happen. We all know that the, it's already an invasion. It's going to get even worse uh, ex extensively. It, I mean, what can we do? Uh, and that's the question. I and, and that is a question I've asked myself since the call the other day. Is we the mayor explained that Uvalde is mostly Latino, but he said residents were tired of daily high-speed pursuits of migrants through town four times just that morning, which trigger school lockdowns. He said migrants were tearing up ranch fences, breaking into homes, and one even confronted a resident with his own gun. The mayor said he and his wife had started arming themselves daily. You think you're going to, I'm just going to sit back and you're going to bring him into Uvalde? That's not going to happen. And he says if the Biden administration lifts Title 42, he's decided he'll shut the highway through town in protest, calling it Border Lives Matter. And I'm going to call it Border Lives Matter, yeah. and I'm going to get three to 4,000 people to park on Highway 90, and you're not coming to and uh, so uh, that got me a lot of attention. I, the governor's office now, I get a call about once a week from now to make sure everything's okay in Uvalde. And so Title 42 scares me to death what's going to come through here. Yes. I mean, I, it's, it's y'all all seen. Y'all been down here. The I mean, I've got pictures of ranches that they just destroyed. I've got a little place that I bought between Uvalde and Brackettville. They've cut my fences seven times now. The guy next door to me, I mean, they broke in, they break in his ranch nonstop. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen that quite a bit of that. Yeah. And so I don't I don't know the solution. I, I mean, I think that everybody's reluctant, but I think we're all going to be forced to, to, to make a stand in Texas. I think that's coming. But I mean, if that Title 42 goes away and it comes, then you, we're going to need all the help we can get because my, my law enforcement will be overwhelmed, and so will the, so will the uh, Sheriff's Department. And we are going to enforce the law, even if the federal government won't. No, listen, I, I'm right there with you. I'm already, I'm already in love with this man. Uh, <laughs> I know. I know your budget is maxed out. We have never asked for a dime from any county that we've worked in or, or rancher or anything. Sure. Uh, you know, we operate off of faith, and uh, a lot of us, you know, this is a business owner here. Uh, we live off of donations from, from patriots that want to support us. Sure. Uh, we've been down here seven months, uh, but we do it off our own dime, you know, sure. out of our own pockets. And that's how much we believe in this mission. Sure. Uh, I don't know any other militia that, number one, has our, our message, being a faith-based organization, but also has our our consistency, you know, being here. We didn't just show up, you know, beat our chest and leave. Right. You know, I made a promise to Kenny County uh, Courthouse when I made that speech back in October that we're going to be here for as long as it takes until God either sends us home uh, or the mission's complete. I'll just be quite candid and honest with yes. you. Yes. I didn't know what, I thought, what, what am I, what am I going to see today? What's, what's, you know, yes. I didn't, but well, I you're no you different this. than I am. We have, uh, we're Christian based and we're a bunch of believers, citizens, concerned Texans that just want to make a difference. Sure. After that meeting with the mayor, having lunch inside a nearby Whataburger, I asked Sam how he thought it went. I think it went great. I think that man is a... You know, I've never met the, you know, Mayor McLaughlin, uh, never spoke a single word to him. Uh, that, I think that meeting couldn't have gone any better. I think that, uh, like most elected officials on the border, whether they're Democrat or Republican, they're all fed up. Every single one of them that I've met are fed up 
even the staunchest of Democrats, they're fed up with what the Biden administration is doing. And uh, everybody's bracing for Title 42. Nobody quite knows what it's going to look like, but I think everybody agrees it's going to be chaos. And it was interesting to me that he just came out and told you all that he'd had reservations and was concerned in meeting with you, but he mm -hmm. seemed to want to just get clear the air and get that out of the way. Yeah, well, you Is know... Is that something you hear a lot, or...? Anytime you hear the word militia, right, you, you, you don't know what to expect. You know, our predecessors didn't do us any favors. But, you know, being a faith-based organization, being Christ-centered, you know, being... You know, and by all means, we're not perfect people. <laughs> you know, we don't claim to be. And, and we certainly don't try to be, but we try to be the, the best people we can be. He had had the reservations, but then he followed that up with, but now I know that you're, you're just like me, is, was his words, you know. Patriots for America is an organization that has pretty openly claimed that there's an invasion taking place at the border. Freddy Cruz is a research analyst who tracks extremists for the Southern Poverty Law Center. That's how they describe migrants uh, who are trying to cross the border. They describe them as invaders. Um, but they also place the blame on federal, sometimes state institutions. The Southern Poverty Law Center has designated Patriots for America as an anti-government organization. They claim the Biden administration is funneling in migrants so they can change the demographics of Texas and essentially get more blue voters. And it's all based on wild conspiracy theories that we saw come out of the Trump years, where a lot of these groups believe that the election was rigged, that voter election and voter integrity are major issues because the election was stolen, the 2020 general election. Um, and a lot of these groups, especially the militia groups like PSA, they essentially take on vigilante roles where they go down to the border and try and intercept or detain migrants, uh, basically do Border Patrol's job for Border Patrol. Whenever Sam encounters migrant children, he told me he tries to determine whether they've been trafficked or assaulted. You know, we make sure if there's children, you know, that we have discreet conversations to see if anybody in the group is trafficking them or has hurt them or you know, sexually assaulted them or anything like that. You know, dealing with uh, illegal immigrants, uh, dealing with their situations, some very, very sad and heartbreaking stories. Anybody that says it, it just doesn't affect them, uh, just doesn't have a soul, because it, it does, it affects you a lot. And these are just babies. These are just babies, they're innocent. They don't deserve this, nobody does. Well, they are people, you know, they're children of God, you know, God created them. They didn't get the uh, opportunity to win a, a geographical lottery when they were born and be born in the United States. Everybody asks, you know, why don't they just go through the legal process? Well, I think people that ask that probably haven't been through that legal process. You know, immigration is, uh, is a racket. It takes thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars over a long period of time. And they're talking about people that can barely afford to put food on a table for their kids. You know, they're making pennies and they're getting extorted by cartel. They got to pay them just to go to work and travel. Who, who wouldn't, if, if granted asylum, you know, want to come out, even if they weren't granted asylum? I mean, who wouldn't, you know, do everything possible to get to a better life, a better country, and then, and then hopefully try to figure out when they get here? And so, um, of course, of course we're empathetic and sympathetic, you know, to their, to their plight. You know, people that come across that, that make that trek, you know, seeking asylum, who could blame them? And so what do you hope you're going to be able to accomplish if Title 42 gets lifted? 
Ooh, Molly, I'm just gonna have to say we'll cross that bridge when we get there, because who knows? You know, there's a big unknown right now uh, of what that's gonna look like. They're estimating 19,000 crossings a day. And you heard what the mayor said, they can't handle 5,000 a day. This could cripple this state. This could cripple the infrastructure. But I think that's exactly what the Biden administration wants. They want to bring Texas to its knees, whichever which way they can. So I stayed with the militia for a couple nights again while covering the Uvalde shooting last week. Sam and the militia had returned to patrol the border. They were going out every day. And one of those evenings, they showed me a video of a Colombian migrant they had encountered. He had been crossing the river with his family. And the video showed the man after he reached the U.S. bank, praying and thanking God for getting his family there safely. And then the man collapsed. A member of the militia tried to help him. He performed CPR. He tried to revive him. But the man died. that's it for this episode of The Times, daily news from the LA Times. Kinsey Moreland was a hef on this episode and Mark Nieto mixed and mastered it. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Denise Guerra, Kasha Brasalian, David Toledo, Ashley Brown, and Angel Carreras. Our editorial assistants are Madeline Amato and Carlos de Loera. Our engineers are Mario Diaz, Mark Nieto, and Mike Heflin. Our executive producers are Hasmin Aguilera and Shani Hilton, and our theme music is by Andrew Eatman. Like what you're listening to? Then make sure to follow The Times on whatever platform you use. Don't make us to put you podcasts. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back tomorrow with all the news in this madre. Gracias. <laughs>